Over a hill and under a misty mountain, deep within the unceded Musqueam territory of Vancouver, British Columbia, I'm Doug Vandalay with another episode of Comedy Zeitgeist. You can follow the show on Twitter at Comedy Zeitgeist and pester me at Doug Vandalay. Hello to everybody listening on CITR 101.9, here for the first 30 minutes of the show. I'm here with a couple of bubbly boys, Graham A. Church and Nathan Hare of brand spanking new Vancouver comedy duo Soda Fountain. How's it going, guys? Good. Great. So yeah, I first saw you guys at the uh, that Little Mountain fundraiser two weeks ago, raising money for, for the bathrooms. Why don't you tell me uh, how you guys met? We met at a improv jam at... Or, or we both <clears throat> took classes at Blind Tiger Improv, it's a school in Vancouver, and we met... They do an, a jam every once in a while, which is just like improvisers of all levels getting together and doing some scenes, and we met there like... Uh, like what, like a year ago or so? Yeah. Oh, you seem like you have a lot of chemistry on stage. I just assume you guys have been friends for, for a long time, longer than a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we met there. And then, yeah, we started kind of like, I don't know what. Just, it was yeah, just a pretty like, small community, yeah, so everyone's just, just kind of like, like friends. people at shows and you just kind of like get talking to them. And then, yeah, you figure out <laughs> who you like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Did you both start at Blind Tiger? Uh, I did. I've never done anything, any cl- training outside of Blind Tiger. So I saw that uh, video of yours, that the Blind Tiger house team uh, on YouTube. Oh, really? Isn't yeah. It? I thought it was private. Oh, I guess not. Oh, I mean, I can I cannot include that. Oh, anymore. no, you can. Like, it's cool. I was just like, I was just <laughs> so surprised that that was available. Man, yeah, so, so are you on the house team? Yeah. I'm on uh, the Blind Tiger house team, Dr. Cousins. What does that mean? It was just, uh, it's a name that we all were like the one that we least hated after days and days of deliberating which one to pick. Do you know what you most hated? Uh, yeah, there was a name that was going around called Hot Lunch that I was like, I'd rather I'd rather die than, <laughs> than be part of a, a team called Hot Lunch for some reason. I don't know why. I just had such a visceral reaction to it. It sounds like funny. a really sort of standard thing. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was like when I was like, I was like t- telling Nathan about the names we were choosing and like, I was like, yeah, and there's Hot Lunch and blah, 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 blah. And Nathan was like, Hot Lunch is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I think I made him really mad. Yeah. How do you guys come up with a soda fountain? How did we do that? I think we just... We were just hanging out, like, talking about names and funny words. And I think we were, like, circling around, like, the idea of, like, cola. Yeah. And stuff like that being, like, kind of, like, weird, funny words. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just wanted something that was, like, kind of... It's not really that neutral, but has, like... I don't know. It kind of has, like, youthful energy to it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So, who who does the uh, the art that you guys seem to post on all of your? Uh... Oh, that's uh, Anita Rudikov, who we also collaborate with. Cool. Yeah, she does most of the illustrations, and then like, yeah, we just do like the graphic design for it. How did you guys start Soda Fountain? Well, essentially, uh, well, we haven't really even like we have have our first show on Saturday, our first our first mo- of our monthly sh- sketch show, but before that. Uh, we collaborated a bit because I did Blind Tiger for their the last level of their sketch program. You do like y- your own show. And I asked Graham to be in mine. And then so we were kind of like just like rehearsing and riffing on that. We did that show. It was really fun. So then we decided, okay, let's do uh, our own show. We did that in March, which was we it was called The Big Dance. 
Um, so then we did that, and then we were like, okay, let's like actually like brand ourselves and like yeah. create a monthly show. So yeah. that's what Soda Fountain we had is. So much fun writing the big dance, and uh, and like we got such a warm reception about it. We were like, well, we should just keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, all, all the time. So that was like a sketch comedy thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you're doing this Saturday as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is this will be airing next week, but so do anyone who missed that. Uh, right. Do you guys have anything more scheduled coming up after that? Oh, yeah, the next um, Soda Fountain show is June 23rd. June 23rd? So what do you guys do when you're not doing Soda Fountain? Well, I just finished school. I just graduated from UBC, so that was kind of taking up a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, like, I write. I like was freelancing editing as well for a bit. I uh, was working on a few different TV shows working in the film industry. I went to film school. So I was like kind of picking up like kind of contracts here and there, just like paying my way. But like, I don't know within like the past like year or so I've just been really dedicated to doing comedy and pursuing yeah. that. So just like taking jobs whenever I can, but like mostly just doing this doing comedy stuff. Yeah. I, Say that you worked on something called Some Assembly Required mm-hmm. as a script coordinator. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell me about that? Uh, that was like my first uh, job, like in like writing or anything creative. It was uh, I got hired as a script coordinator, which is basically just like the person that is in charge of the script and make sure like everything is proper with it and like uh, just kind of like doing like you know the, the menial editing and stuff like that and like. And then I got to write, I got to work in the writer's room basically as like the, the person who runs like the computer, like typing down everything everyone says and just making sure that like the script is, uh, everything that gets in that needs to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Sort of like taking the minutes. Yeah, pretty much. And then by the end of that, uh, they were letting me write on it. So I got some experience doing some actual like writing some scenes and stuff like that. So that was very fun. Cool. And uh, is that show still going? It's not, no. But I think it's on Netflix. I think the first two seasons are on Netflix. So you just uh, graduated, understanding English literature? Mm-hmm. I tried to find Nathan Hare poems, but it's down. Oh, yeah. It's true. Well, when I was in high school, I like wrote... Uh, I did spoken word. I guess like early, maybe like middle school late middle school early high school i did spoken word i think i had a facebook page that i just like deleted (laughs) once i moved once i moved here and started university because i was too embarrassed yeah have you got any in the bank uh that i could perform right now definitely not definitely not but yeah um no it's funny because like i uh was actually talking to someone else about this where it was like when i went to i grew up in Kelowna, and uh like most high schools in Canada have this thing called the Canadian Improv Games but for whatever reason like none of the high schools in Kelowna did and so I feel like I'm like I would have just done improv had I not but for some reason my high school had a spoken word like club or like kind of program so I just did that I don't know it's a really bizarre thing to look back on (laughs) (laughs) how long ago was that that would have been uh, I graduated. Well, I graduated high school in 2013, so probably yeah, like that was like around like 2010, 2011. And I guess that culminated in that book. Is it Free Breakfast or Good Grief? I've got them both written down here. Yeah, those are my two books. Yeah, <laughs> this is a, this is a, a a deep dive. Yeah, well, I, in high, I made a 
a chapbook, and then I had like uh, I wrote like a novella, essentially. Yeah. Can you tell me about the novella? The novella I wrote in high school. So I again, not something I would really want to. Well, I'm sure I'll revisit it at some point, but I think it's another thing I'd be pretty embarrassed to read. But well, like a like a general rundown. Well, yeah, what was the what, pitch it to us? Oh well, um, well first of all, thanks for meeting with me. <laughs> well, okay, so but the uh, the premise of the book was like that uh, it was called Free Breakfast. Yeah, so it was like these two kids that would go around and they would uh, pretend to be hotel guests to get the free breakfast. Like, yeah, like a sweet life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, not really like a sweet life because they didn't live there, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny because it's like, I, it, it, it is funny. I'm like, I just kind of watch what I put online. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, One, in case people like me are, uh, yeah, snooping around on there trying to find stuff. Cause like I haven't Googled myself in a while, but I wonder if there'd be any embarrassing links. I don't think there was anything incriminating <laughs> from what I found. Do you think you'd ever revisit uh, that story or that book? No, I don't think so. Not not necessarily like that stuff, but maybe the idea of doing like doing I used to write so much like fiction and then I did that kind of at the start of my when I was going into university. And I just completely stopped doing it. I don't really like doing it at all. I got more into like screenwriting and sketch writing and and comedy. I just found like that just came so much easier to me. But it is interesting like yeah, just like uh that like prose in and comedy i think is like kind of cool so you mentioned um screenwriting uh, i was listening to your podcast the uh screenplay writers yeah yeah um so i went into it thinking i was going to learn something about uh screenwriting in the first few episodes and it's got a kind of a surreal quality to it <laughs> is that still going yeah yeah and you release them so like uh every week yeah it's every tuesday yeah yeah everyone should, should check that podcast out where can you find that you can find that on um, premium. <laughs> you got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I think you can just find it on like the podcast, Apple Podcasts. Search the screenplay writers. Essentially, uh, so for yeah, it's for anyone who doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, no, it's a parody of uh, uh, script notes. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah script notes, script. which is like a screenplay writing advice podcast. So we essentially do. Uh, yeah, we take on like a different topic every episode, and like there's a segment at the toward the end of the podcast. Uh, you lead up like you're gonna tear down someone's uh, screenplay idea and just prove it right away. Um, are those uh, improvised on the spot, or do you come up with them beforehand? We improvise, yeah. So the like the actual like pitches, uh, Ryan like just writes a bunch, and then and then he'll read them out. Or he'll give one for me to read. But yeah, everything else is just improvised. We just like pick a topic and then go for it. Yeah. But we have those segments. So it kind of keeps, keeps us in line. Graham, I was on your Twitter and it seems like you're trying to uh, start a beef with Roseanne Barr. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> yeah, she just like tweeted a bunch of things that I found just so insane. <laughs> and uh, I kind of like, I don't know, went into the character of being her ghost tweeter because I thought there, there's no way that any normal person is tweeting these but then i realized that roseanne's not a normal person no so. did you ever watch the uh, last season of no roseanne? i didn't i've never watched any roseanne it's actually like weird of me to <laughs> start beef with someone i have actually no context with but it's where um judd apatow got his start writing for it so the writing on yeah. it oh, is really? actually yeah. yeah 
actually maybe not his start but like it it was a huge part of his career it's so many people wrote on i do know a lot about roseanne despite never watching it i know that also uh uh well what's his name joss whedon wrote on roseanne it seems like he wrote on everything yeah he also wrote toy story so um (laughs) i was looking not about joss whedon which is what i want to talk about yeah he also created buffy a little (laughs) show called angel that no one seems to be talking about (laughs) yeah y'all seen firefly I, I never have, I have but that's either. one of those ones that's like everyone talks about is like cancel too soon, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It's, it's pretty pretty damn good. Is it's it good? Well. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, I liked it. I watched it when I was nineteen. I, I wonder if it's stand the test of time. Mm. Famously, things when you're nineteen is yeah. kind of the age where make make it blurred. Yeah. Sorry, I, I say I wasted a lot of time uh, looking through your, your guys' Twitter, trying to trying to go far back enough to find something to a uh, to a uh, talk about. It seems like you guys are projecting kind of like a wholesome persona. On Twitter, is that part of this like this soda fountain character, or are you guys just really nice guys? A little bit of both, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> well, Twitter, yeah, like um, wholesome character. Is the is it's the true, Nathan yeah. Hare on Twitter? Is that is that you, or is that a character? All those things you tweet about actually happen to you, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, but it is like fun to occupy. Well, I think it's like interesting, like Twitter. Or, or just, like, any sort of form of writing, like, finding, like, a voice that you really like. Mm. And I think that I do tend to, like, end a lot of my tweets with, like, just, like, a smiley of an emoji or an emoji of a smiley or whatever. Like, just a smiling face. Yeah. I think there's something kind of, like, fun about, like, saying saying something in, like, a positive tone I think is really fun. Yeah. If that thing is weird or whatever. It's sort of played out these days just being negative and dark at the end of things. Yeah, yeah. definitely. There's something like not fun about being cynical. <laughs> yeah. Like right I don't know, right now or like ever, but like I'm not into it any as much. Yeah. Hmm. It, it it is like interesting how like the stuff that I feel like we write, especially in the big dance, is um a lot of it is like yeah, it's like exploring like tropes, but it's like we like we'll do stuff that is like I don't know, just like stupid. It's yeah. but like we're doing it because it's I don't know, fun. I I don't know how to describe it really. Like yeah, I think it's like also just like instead of like trying to like craft a joke or anything, it's just like pursuing any idea that like you think is funny, like moment to moment. And it's like it's funny to like have like lots of energy and like be like silly. Yeah, and so like that kind of like informs your voice and then like then you're yeah then you kind of like take on this like wholesome persona even if you're like talking about like weird or upsetting things yeah yeah Yeah. totally you mentioned uh nathan in an interview with colonna now dude you got interviewed by colonna now (laughs) yeah hit hit the big time what's happened since then what's happened since when no what your big fall from grace being in colonna now now you're on comedy zeitgeist (laughs) oh yeah more like Kelowna then. Yeah, that's true. They should really change the name of the website. I'll have to email someone. Or at least the one that, at least the article that you're yeah. associated with. Totally. It wasn't recent. <laughs> yeah, this was yesterday. <laughs> okay, never mind. Well, how long ago was it? I, to be honest, I don't know what you're talking about, but <laughs> what, <laughs> I'm trying to look at your computer. They, uh, well, I'm going to What did I mention? Because the, uh, they said if you could spend a day with anyone, who would it be? And you said, R. Kelly? Oh, oh. Oh, Mm. And uh, Oof. Oof. it's definitely not Kelowna now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's this isn't this isn't on you at all. I just wanted to know uh, like how much you guys know about his sex cult. 
I actually do know a fair amount. Well, this is an interesting, th- interesting thing to be talking about. But I remember in high school, like uh, it was, or just like me and my friends would would listen to that sort of music, ironically. And I mean, it is popular, like Ignition, mm. Trapped in the Closet. Yeah, like and that stuff is so funny. But I mean, now don't listen to his music. Don't don't support him. I I even get mad if like. At work, they're playing Ignition or something. I'm just like, I haven't heard why it, I haven't is heard it so in so long? Like, I feel like it's a, like Vancouver's doing a very good job of keeping him down. Up. Yeah, yeah. You can't sing R. Kelly at like any um, karaoke place now. Really? Yeah. Not that I've. Did you guys hear about Morgan Freeman today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For anyone listening who somehow doesn't know, by uh, Tuesday, it's been some allegations of, of uh, sexual misconduct uh, with Morgan Freeman, and so TransLink. Um, in Vancouver, were going to hire him to do voiceovers on the on the buses and trains. Like two days ago. Yeah. Like it was announced so recently. Um, have you heard what they're going to be doing instead? No. Who they're talking to? Is they're it to- Seth Rogen? It is Seth Rogen. Oh, oh yeah, I did see that. Because I was thinking, yeah, why didn't they get a Vancouver personality? I mean, there's so many people working here. There's so many voice actors here. Like, why go with Morgan mm. Freeman to begin with? Wasn't it because he, like, is the voice of Visa, yeah, right? Uh, yeah. Because yeah. he's the voice of what? Sorry. He's, like, the voice of Visa. And it's, like, this is, like, all... Right. It was, like, un- unrolling, like, the thing where it's, like, you can now just, like, tap your... Instead of tapping your compass card, you can tap your Visa. Yeah, right. So, oh, the thing where you're not allowed to keep your compass card in your wallet. Yeah, anymore. they're yeah. so obsessed with not yeah. tapping your wallet. But I've been... Uh, I've actually used my Visa today. Really? Dude, it worked good. stop that. <laughs> yeah, they don't want anyone... Yeah, <laughs> just, like... The fe- they want to keep nobody using the feature, Yeah. yeah. He's getting the R. Kelly reverse bump, the Morgan Freeman takedown. <sighs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you're yeah, saying yeah. I shouldn't use yeah. Because he's associated with it, yeah. All right, if we, we want to do a hard tack away from that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Graham, you said in an interview with uh, something called Canadian Framelines that... Uh, oh, man. I was like, what interview? What? I was watching that, and so I, I was wondering if... I forget. I was wondering if it was even you, because you look so different in it. Mm. But I think it is. Well, it sounds like it is yeah, from your yeah, reaction. Yeah. It definitely asked me. You said something that I found quite interesting because I think it's got a lot of parallels with uh, how I feel about Australia and that you said that uh, a Canadian has a personal identity but not so much a national identity. Is that something you still believe? I think so. I mean, I guess I might have to think about it and revisit that. But I definitely... That con- that was like in an interview in a context about Canadian film as well, and like I definitely think that Canadian media and like film and uh, television and kind of still with comedy like still doesn't have like its own singular voice. It's very much like a hodgepodge of American influence and not quite really expressing anything that's like true to. A collective experience that the Canadians have and like the ones that like except for like there are ones that like try but I feel like whenever I see it I'm like that's not true to my experience I guess that's because Canada is like so has like so uh, such a diverse uh uh I don't know cultural spectrum that like it's hard to pin down what we're all about and so it's like really it's all about if you're uh, a Canadian, if you like have your, if you're true to your own self in making whatever art you're making, then I guess that's in itself Canadian. I don't know. I'm kind of like, I haven't really thought about that, about that in a long time, but. I think it's a good point as well. Like before I, uh, I moved here, all I could think of really for Canadian comedy would be like 
Colin Mockery and Hoseline or Trailer Park Boys. Right. Yeah. Well, like one of the ones that like I think is like very popular now is like is like a show like Letterkenny, which I think a lot of people I know a lot of people identify with it, but like I mean I don't know who those guys are. You know, like they're not like my thing, so I don't really it like it's not that I, I get upset when it's like that's like put on the pedestals like the Canadian thing, but like there are we do like go through these things where it's like yeah, like Trailer Park Boys for a long time was like this is a this is Canada and this is yeah. Canada's comedy and this is like the the thing that we're like exporting to the world. Right, it's it's like, like regional Nova Scotia. Yeah, exactly. And it, but like but because it's kind of like it's so it became so popular like the rest of the world extrapolated that it's like that's what we're all about and so it's kind of like well it's not what I'm about <laughs> so. But. Uh, what do you think is the most accurate portrayal of Canadian comedy? I. It, yeah, it, it is hard to say. I I mean, I guess I don't even know if that I, that's a question I can answer. Like the thing that comes to my head is like kids in the hall. But that's because kids in the hall just like speaks to my taste, I think. And it's like and it, and it isn't regional specific. It feels like like there's like they're doing the same things. That, like seems like uh, like they're all from Ontario, but like they're not talking about Ontario they're talking about like <laughs> Russian art films and they're talking about like uh just you know insane things that pop in their head instead of talking about like I don't know their surroundings but so uh, I don't know I, I I don't have a good answer for you <laughs> oh that was a good answer uh, but I'm, I'm not familiar with them kids in the hole yeah they were like a I get like late 80s early 90s uh sketch group uh, they had their own show that was on CBC here and like, uh, I think it was on HBO in the States. Uh, a lot of them like became kind of famous after the fact, like, uh, like, can you think of like who might be the famous Dave Foley? Dave Foley is probably the most famous. Yeah. He was on the news radio, that sitcom from the nineties. I'm, I'm just going to look him up now, yeah. see his face. Cause I know he that was also, name. He, he also, he, I think he like hosted some sort of game show in the States or something like that. Uh, and like Kevin McDonald, uh, I think that's his name. He was like, uh, he had a few recurring roles on like big TV shows. I've seen this guy's face, but I'm not sure where he's very familiar. And Kevin McDonald. Yeah. And then right. Scott Thompson is, uh, he was just in Hannibal. Really? Yeah. What is a new seasons of that coming out? No, but he oh. was, a, he was like, he played, uh, he was one of the two, um, uh, Oh uh, yeah, doc, like what, I don't know what they were. The uh, the medical yeah the medical examiner kind of, yeah. yeah, right yeah that that was like a, a weird little um they were kind of like a Greek chorus for the show yeah and it it was such a weird juxtaposition for me because like I enjoyed them but it also felt so out of place. It came in that other guy. Is he Canadian mm. as well? The other guy is Canadian. Yeah, he's like um I think he's I don't I can't remember his name but I think he's the guy who like created the L A complex. It was a show a couple years ago. Um, I feel so out of the loop. Yeah, he uh, he also he, he, I think he did something much more popular or well known, but it doesn't come to mind right now. Uh, or his name. So you uh, talking about the Canadian film industry? You made a uh, short film in 2012 called The Rat. Mm-hmm. That was my SFU grad project. I was really into horror movies at the time. Did you watch it? I did watch oh, it. Oh, cool. I liked it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, what was it inspired by? It was just, I was just, like, very much into trying to, like, 
do a like a very like a straight up horror thing like i was like kind of dabbling in like a bunch of different genres like throughout my time at sfu and then like for my grad film i was like i really want to nail like a thing that i really like i really like horror movies and um i wanted to do something that was like i was like actually scary and but also kind of like bring like i don't know a good a reason to watch it like a personal feeling or something like that to it yeah uh but yeah i really saw i want to make something spooky but also like intelligent and something that like hadn't really been seen before the effects in it were really good were they all practical oh yeah that was all that's all that's practical makeup baby did you do that no i i had a a really talented uh makeup artist named liz vanderwalt i don't know if she's still working in the industry but uh she's great she made all that all like the blood and gut stuff yeah that stomach stuff that that uh mm, i got a got a little bit of a cringe when i saw that yeah i love body horror stuff so it was really important to get something like that in the movie have you watched uh the void yeah i i have i saw it at the rio last year that's some serious body horror in Mm -hmm. that have you seen that one i haven't do you do you get into horror at all mm, a little bit I wouldn't say I have an encyclopedic knowledge or anything, but I still need, I need to watch The Rat. I haven't seen this. I don't know. I don't really like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't really go out of my way to show it to anyone. We well, watch we'll it. organize. Can, can I post it on uh, on our website on this post? Uh, sure. Yeah, cool. You can yep. watch it there on cool. uh, cavegoblins.com. <laughs> All right, I'll check it out. I'll, send you a link. I'll, I'll bookmark it's it. Yeah. You also still have on. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is still going to be public after the, this interview, but on your personal channel, you have your, your first film that you did at film school. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was really sweet, the uh, little boy in the shopping cart. Yeah. That was supposed to be an experimental film. And I was like, well, the experiment is making a film because I've never done it before. And so I uh, I didn't get a good grade on that really? project. But I did like I did like it. Um, what was the brief for that? Uh, I mean, like, there there was and there wasn't because, like, when I went to SFU, it was very, it, we were kind of like the last wave of like having the like original staff of like the teachers from like the 70s. And like they were very into still keeping up like the experimental aspect of uh, filmmaking and uh, the culture that had been like cultivated at SFU, which was very artistic over entertainment. And uh, so they were the. Yeah, the criteria was just something like do something that's like not conven- do something unconventional. <laughs> Sounded like you had a thought there. Do something that's never been done before. It, that pretty much yeah. was everything they asked and if it's been done before we'll fail you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and I just like essentially ripped off Michelle Gondry, <laughs> but I I I do like that that little thing a lot. It's like only 2 minutes and it stars my little cousin. Uh, would you be cool with us putting that up too? Yeah, totally. I Links just like, are fair game. Yeah, you <laughs> know right. what? Yeah, link it all, my man. So yes, please put it up there. Maybe I'll um, maybe I'll gain some new fans. <laughs> so, what are you sort of uh, more interested in following? Um, let's say money was no option. Do you think you do comedy or film? Well, yeah, it definitely would be a a marriage of the two. I mean, I wouldn't. I. If I if money was no option, I would be <laughs> living on a Hawaiian island, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's I a pretty would, controversial opinion, there. 
Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I love lava. Um, I love how it can't be stopped. And like uh, <laughs> missile missile threats as well. Uh, well, fake missile threats. Right? As far as we know. Oh, is there a conspiracy that about that? No, no. I just oh, wanted okay. to maybe channel a bit of Alex Jones. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. okay. No, but uh, same question for you, Nathan. Um, Comedy or film? Not exactly. Like, if money was no option, what part of your career would you pursue, if any? Yeah, I think I would just keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Comedy. So you're, so you're living the dream already. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love I, what we're doing. Like, it's, yeah. it's so, like, like, we're not doing what we're doing for money. So I guess we are kind of like... Except when you pass around a hat for change. Yeah, it is yeah, interesting because but... I'm like... <laughs> That's true. We did do that. If yeah, it is interesting. How much like, did you make from that? We made like we, four and a half dollars. <laughs> did, what yeah. did, did you like? Go out and buy some ice cream? Or no, something? we put it. We donated it to the to the fund. Oh, the nice. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. bought a toilet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Helped buy that toilet. Yeah, I think it's interesting to think about if like money was no option because it's like I'm definitely not pursuing comedy for the money just because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like in Canada that's even like a viable. There's no like examples to look up to to be like oh yeah like this is how you earn cash you know what i mean so mm. yeah i think i would probably be doing the same thing yeah for anyone on citr thanks so much for tuning in that's the end of our time slot but you can hear the full episode along with other podcasts on cavegoblins.com for anyone else stick around we've still got lots more to talk about with graham and nathan now i just want to do a little plug for everything economics coming soon on the cave goblin network Talia Murdoch hosts this informative and engaging podcast on, you guessed it, Everything Economics, in a relatable and easy-to-digest way. That's Everything Economics on cavegoblins.com. Maybe a week before the show, I asked uh, Graham and Nathan, who's a, a comedian or comedic influence that they'd want to talk about, and they came back to me with uh, David Wayne. Um, well, I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I think we just both love David Wayne's work. And he has such a range of different projects. And I mean, we picked David Wayne, but in, in reality, it's kind of like the the collaborators that he's worked with mm. uh, included, like he was Stella, Wet Hot American Summer, etc. Um, but yeah, I just feel like uh, it's just kind of been one of those those people for me, at least, that I've just always just like really loved his 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 voice and like really felt like it was it, it has influenced my comedy yeah yeah uh wet hot american summer was like a huge movie for me when i was a kid um and that's like uh, probably his most famous work uh and one that stands the test of time but like his other movies i think are great like he does like i actually really appreciate how he's able to do like mainstream comedy really 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 well like uh role models or um uh wanderlust or like both really really funny mainstream comedies which is kind of rare yeah like Mm -hmm. because especially when especially like they're not movies that are like star driven it's not like oh this snl cast member is finally getting a movie and displaying like their talents it's like they're just like strong storytelling and funny um and and he's also done like like super weird stuff like well i mean the state and Stella are like in like things in of themselves are like just like so weird. But like uh I think like Wet Hot American Summer I guess is like weird and then also like uh, a movie that I really love is like We Came Together. 
It's a movie he did with uh, Amy Poehler and um, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, yeah, yeah. It's re- like really, really, really like one of the funniest movies. So I'm not good. familiar with that one. It's a, it's like a it's a it's like a parody of romantic comedies, and it's just you know picking out every single trope and deconstructing them and making fun of them and yeah. I feel like that's what a lot of that stellar crew. That's a lot of what they do. Like Wet Hot, obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's like King parody. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not parody in like the sense that it's like not like a scary movie. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. It's I subversive. Remember, yeah. I remember he had asked that question. I remember I forget where someone was like, "Well, what's like the difference between like what you do and like what scary movie is?" And he was like, he like took a long time to think. But he's like, "I don't know, but there is a difference." Yeah, it is true. It's like it's a different approach or something. Something that I like in that, and they t- they came together. Like one of my favorite, like I don't even know if you could really call it a joke, but at one point they're like trying to talk to Paul Rudd's character, convince him to come to like a Halloween party. He goes, he says something along the lines of like, Oh, Halloween. I don't know. Ghosts and goblins. I'm okay with, but ghouls, not so much. (laughs) And it's like, it's just kind of like this brushed aside line, but it's just, I think what, what he's really good at and what they're really good at in their writing is like, like that sort of line just feels like it fits in like a movie, but they yeah. just, it, when you think about it, it makes zero sense, but just the rhythm of it yeah. works. Well, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's not just like breaking down like familiar tropes. It's breaking down like, like, like the, uh, the tenets of like storytelling. Like that's just like a classic refusal of the call. Like a, yeah. a character just being like, Oh, I don't know. But like, what if they said, I don't know, but they said it in the most insane way yeah, possible? Yeah, like, it just makes he's zero af- sense. afraid of two things, but not one thing, so that makes him unsure about <laughs> yeah. going. Yeah. When do you, do you reckon you first discovered David Wayne? Like, did you see the movie first, and then... Yeah, I, looking? like, stumbled upon Wet Hot American Summer, like, on... My parents had, like, the, um, like the movie package in our cable thing. And your parents are so cool. Yeah, they're honestly the best. <laughs> Shout out to you, Darian Peter. Um, your they, mom's name is Daria. Yeah, never met a real life Daria. I mean, I haven't met your mom. But well, she is a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So, your grandpa's Mike Judge, <laughs> and I'm Beavis. <laughs> You guys have kind of a Beavis and Butthead vibe. I even walked into that one yesterday. You were wearing your hat, your shirt like a Butthead. Yeah. <laughs> just a little, just a little insight in our day to day life. It's anyway, true. yeah, I um, I like was watching something else, and then Wet Hot American Summer came on, and I was like, and this was when I was like twelve, and it just like I just like was because I just always watch TV. And so it just came on like probably at like 11 o'clock at night and I ended up watching it, watching the whole thing like on a weekday like, when I probably shouldn't have. And uh, it's like, yeah, it really made an impact on me, I guess. I feel like out of the box, that's the exact kind of virginal experience they would want for someone to see one of their movies. Mm-hmm. It's just like some kid late at night, maybe not supposed to be watching it. Yeah. My my first uh, introduction to David Wayne was actually, I saw role models somewhat reluctantly. So one of my friends said, like, this movie's really good. I'm like, I don't know. It looks kind of garbage. Because, like you said, it was kind of mainstream. And it looked like a basic rom-com or something. And it was, like, such a sleeper hit for me. Mm. That one as well. Like, it kind of got me into Kiss as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, 
I remember that was like a popular movie. Like I was probably in the eighth grade when that movie came out, and I was like, so I guess that would have been my introduction too. I think I saw that before I saw Wet Hot. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool that they like throw in j- jokes that are like not typical of of those sorts of movies. I think like the making like Wanderlust when like with Paul Rudd when he's looking in the mirror. I don't know if you have you guys seen that movie. I haven't yeah. seen that one. Yeah, the mirror scene. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it's cool to like find opportunities. Like Michael Showalter does this too, where it's like you're. They're not just limited to like absurd comedy. They they do such a wide range of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's well, pretty sweet. He directed a Big Sick, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, recently, and that's yeah, that's nothing like. Yeah, that movie is great. And it's, it's so good. Excellently directed. Like it's so subtle. Like how that movie is. The way he shoots it to like highlight those performances is so underrated. I think that I think that movie is great. I think he did a great job directing it, and it's like so interesting to me, like seeing someone like have such a handle on like a craft and do something like kind of very conventional, but then you watch him do something completely unhinged, or like even something like the bat, like the Baxter. Have you guys seen the Baxter? Yeah, movies. I haven't seen nuts. that one. What is it? It's another romantic. It's less. It's less like absurd than they came together, but it's. It's, it's, really it's a, weird though. It's a. It's like kind of like a, a takedown of romantic comedies. Yeah. It basically follows like the the guy who, like they call in the movie, it's called like the Baxter. So it's like, like you know, in romantic comedies, when they'll be like the lead, and then they'll be like the guy that like the girl goes for, for a bit, and then she returns to the lead. So it follows the guy that always gets dumped. He's kind of like yeah, the nerdy. Like, yeah, the safe choice. Yeah. 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 And so. like, he plays that guy who, and that's like just his entire relationship history. Paul yeah. Rudd plays that guy. No, it's Michael Schwartz. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. So I've, have you guys ever actually watched Stella? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that one. But uh, so it's uh, what Showalter, David Wayne, and Michael Ian Black. Mm-hmm. I have this book of essays that Michael Ian Black wrote called My Custom Van. You oh. guys, oh no, I have not read that. It's a book of comedic essays, and he did a reading of one. Um, do you guys want to hear it? Sure. Hello, welcome to Elegant Readings. I'm Michael Ian Black, reading from my book, My Custom Van and 50 other mind-blowing essays that will blow your mind all over your face. Now available in paperback. Today I'll be reading an essay entitled Taco Party. This is a first-person narrative. Taco Party. Guess what? I'm having a taco party, and you're fucking invited. It's going to be the greatest fucking taco party ever. I'm going to have every kind of fucking taco imaginable. Hard shell, soft shell, hell's bells. You're invited. That fucker over there is invited. All you fuckers are fucking invited to come on over and eat some truly sick, mouth-watering fucking tacos at the greatest taco fucking party extravaganza ever. Chicken, beef, fish, pork, grilled veggies. Fuck yes. Plus so much carne asada, you'll be Fucking begging for mercy. Here's the way the day breaks down. Fucking show up at noon, eat fucking tacos until you either boot or pass the fuck out or both. 
That's it. Maybe you like olives on your tacos. Guess what, fuckwad? I will have olives. Maybe you like chopped green onions drizzled in olive oil. Hey, fucking dick-nosed, ass-cheeked shithead. I will have chopped green onions drizzled in olive oil. This is going to be the ultimate fucking taco party slash swimming party slash sparkler fuckfest. We did this party last year and it was radical. How radical? My buddy Greg fucking died. That's how fucking awesome it was. This year I'm hoping two fucking fuckers die. How incredible would that be? If you don't like ACDC, stuffing your fat face full of tacos, playing fucking taco piñata, swimming in crystal clear, taco fart free waters, and waving around fucking Kentucky bluegrass sparklers, then stay home and suck on your grandma's fucking tit, because this is not the fucking party for you. On the other hand, if this sounds as truly twisted to you as it does to me, then without question, this is going to be the single most important party of your entire fucking life. But be prepared for the long haul, because we are going to party as long as the tacos and the sparklers hold out, or until the fucking cops shut us down, or until 7.30, which is when I told my mom I would clear everybody out. By the way, it's BYOFB, fucker. A bit of a sidetrack from uh, David Wayne. We're talking about David <laughs> Wayne. Yeah, I'm trying to do something different from last week, where it felt like I was almost reading, like just a wiki Wikipedia article. We were talking about Maria Bamford. Oh, cool. So now it's just trying to do sort of more of conversation. What would you say is your favorite David Wayne work? It might be Stella. I don't know. Stella and Wet Hot feel very similar to me. Yeah, like a similar voice. I would say I would say Wet Hot for me because like I have a more a personal attachment to it, um, and it ha and it's like it's the same sort of like insane energy, but like it it's connected to like a story you can still follow. Stella is just like unhinged, absurd. Like I can't even summarize what any of those shorts are. <laughs> How did you feel about the uh, the Netflix TV show of Wet Hot? We actually disagree on, don't yeah. we? We do. I don't like it. I like it. Actually, made me uncomfortable. <laughs> really? Yeah. I really like it. I like it almost maybe more. I think than than the original. Yeah. Well, not more, but just like I think it's like a perfect continuation, in my opinion. Why don't you like it? I like because like I mean I guess like I understood that the joke was that they were like super old playing these like little kids like these teenagers but seeing it happen i was like this makes me feel weird like i, like I was like visually i could not kind of like get on board you know what i mean like seeing them do it was like i feel like if i had read those scripts or something like that i would have enjoyed it or, but like actually seeing like the execution of it, it kind of like kind of turned me off for whatever reason i don't know do you think that's maybe because you were introduced to the movie at such a young age? Pro probably, yeah. So when did you first see uh, Wet Hot American Summer, the movie? Probably like ninth grade. So pretty close. Yeah. I guess yeah. there's a huge difference between being 12 and being 14, right? Yeah. In terms of the way you like perceive media. Right. Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's I, really the only thing. Well, it, it is like it well, it's like the thing that like made me not want to watch it. Did hmm. you watch all of it? I don't even know if I finished it to be honest. I definitely didn't watch the second season. They did ten years later. Ten years later, yeah. yeah. I actually watched the show before the movie because I didn't know a whole lot about it. If there's a movie and a show, the show came first, surely. Because it usually <laughs> Yeah, know, that's true. That's usually the way things work. But I guess Netflix is changing all of that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it is kind of like a weird timeline. But I think it I don't know, I think it's great. Yeah, maybe I'll give it another shot. Yeah, you it, gotta go into it with fresh eyes. It, it also doesn't change my view of david wayne at all like i like you know what i mean like it's something i like objectively don't enjoy but i'm like that guy's still the greatest i have weird feelings about i guess you would you call the three of them just stella that group yeah Mm -hmm. because i heard and i won't say who from uh someone that i interviewed actually interviewed them early in their career oh said they were dicks like really horrible (laughs) to him and it it actually made him a better interviewer in the end yeah, I, I, ca- we'll f- I can't say. I can't say. Can't that, say. Yeah. Um, Actually, I don't know why I was like, was "Who Morgan is this?" Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. It was Morgan why Freeman. I asked that question. Yeah. I was just curious. I thought it was someone that we might know. No, no. Anyways, they're um, American. Oh, cool. and it's not someone that I have a personal relationship with. It's someone I I so interviewed. Sell him out, man. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he was interviewing them, and he he asked uh, something along the lines of. Um, how did you guys come up with Stella or like, how did you guys all meet? Which was like, kind of like the first question I asked you guys, but I mean, there's a lot more information on them and show Walter just kept saying to him, Google it for every question. And then he called him, called him out. Cause uh, you know, he was just like, uh, like a kid doing college radio and he called out show Walter on it. And um, they just left Weird. after that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's left a bad taste in my mouth. Cause it's like, don't don't meet your heroes kind of thing i mean i haven't even met them i'm hearing this third hand but that's so strange to me yeah who knows i mean yeah people could have been in a bad mood Mm -hmm. i mean pissed off about something else it's like have you guys seen that um that larry king interview with jerry seinfeld no why don't i just play it actually (laughs) it's great do you guys want to watch it it's not a whole whole it's just a a little bit If if i search larry king Jerry Seinfeld. I'm sure it'll come up. Lasted how long? Nine years. 180 episodes. You gave it up, right? I did. So. They didn't cancel you. You canceled them. You're not aware of this? No, I'm, I'm asking you. You think I got canceled? Are you under the impression uh, that I, I got canceled? Have I hurt you, Jerry? I thought don't, that was pretty well documented. Don't this is most a, shows Is this still down. CNN? Don't most shows go down a little? Most people do also. You would, But... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I went off the air. I was the number one show on television, Larry. You were Do you know who I am? <laughs> Jewish guy, Brooklyn. Yes. Okay. 75 what? million viewers last okay. episode. What are you? Don't take like it so canceled. bad. Well, that's a, a big difference between being canceled and being number one. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll be right back. Jeez. B-movie opens. <laughs> B-movie Can we get opens. a resume in here for B-movie me? B-movie opens tomorrow. We'll be right back. I think, yeah, that's so funny. Jerry Seinfeld. He's invincible, hey. Mm-hmm. I think Larry King, like, doesn't do research, though. That's his whole thing, right? Yeah. He just... Yeah. I saw another clip like that pretty recently that was, like... Did, would he not have stuff doing this stuff for him? I, but I think he does that on Someone, purpose. I, yeah, I feel like... I he, think he tries to make it so that any... 
like you're supposed to watch the show and like not know anything. The, I mean, like the the weird thing about that clip is like what it was not an antagonistic question. He was no. like actually like setting him up. And yeah, like, yeah. And he's like I don't know. Like I I guess. Do you think maybe he was trying to get that reaction by saying that? Oh, maybe, I guess. No. Maybe. I don't know. I think that he's just... Larry King is so funny. He's so old. Have you seen his tweets? His, like... No. My Two Cents thing, I think it's what it's called. No, it's very funny. Well, I mean, I mean, I feel like this is as good a place as any to uh, start wrapping it up. Before uh, we close off, is there anything you guys would like to plug? I mean, yeah, we're doing, we do... Uh, monthly show, Little Mountain Gallery, uh, Soda Fountain. It's it's at the end of the month for the summer, and then in the fall it'll be the second Saturday of every every month. But if you go to their website, you can find it. Yeah, next show is June twenty third. Where can our listeners find you online? Um, well, we have a Facebook page, Soda Fountain Comedy. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming, guys. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks, thanks for having so us. Fun. Yeah. You've been listening to Comedy Zeitgeist with Doug Vandalay here on the Cave Goblin Network. That was Graham A. Church and Nathan Hare of Soda Fountain. Join me next week where I talk to Randy Newmeyer about Sarah Silverman. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe there if you like the show and anywhere else where you find your podcasts. You can find this and other shows like this on cavegoblins.com. Goblins.com.